Hello and welcome to the Church Music Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Harmon. The Church Music Makers Podcast and churchmusicmakers.com is sponsored by easychoirmusic.com. And it is just that. It is an easy, wonderful, great resource to help you as a choir director with whatever it is that you need, whether that's an SATB arrangement, an SAB arrangement, a unison, a unison two-part, a three-part, you name it, it's pretty much there. And a little later on, I'm going to tell you uh, a personal story about uh, how Easy Choir Music helped my Christmas. Uh, It's kind of fun. But I hope that your Christmas went well. I hope that uh, the worship that you had for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, um, Sundays, all of that, you know, all that great stuff, uh, that everything went really well. Um, that uh, there weren't too many wild and crazy hiccups, that uh, there wasn't many technical glitches, if any, um, and that uh, it was a great, great experience. And that you've had some time to rest and recover a little bit. Um, For me, I'm in a little different place right now. Um, I'm actually recording at my kitchen table as opposed to my office because, um, and that's why I need to apologize for not having a, a podcast out last week. Um, not only with it being the day before Christmas Eve, uh, my mother-in-law was in town and so our office was transformed into a makeshift bedroom for her. And the bed is still in the office. I haven't had a chance to put it away yet. And so um, our dog decided that that would be a great place for her to lay. And I figured, eh, we'll just do it here at the kitchen table. So if you hear any noises, that might be my oldest daughter's cat um, eating her food. But I digress and we move on. So today we are going to talk about planning ahead. Yeah, I know. It's, it's almost, almost the new year. And I think this is a great topic for us to be dealing with because it's a new year, a new start. Um, and so as we're looking at this new year and this new start, um, we're going to kind of talk about it in two different ways. The first way I'm going to focus in on is how do we plan for rehearsals? How do we plan for that week-to-week, day-to-day kind of thing. And then we'll, we'll broaden it out from there. Um, so if you've read the, the blog, um, I've written a lot about planning um, in different aspects of things, whether that's planning rehearsals, um, whether that's you know planning out what you do with your groups, all of those things. And one of the things that's... Uh, a common stereotype that keeps coming back again and again and again when it comes to musicians is musicians are disorganized and unprepared. And it's a lot of times stereotypes become stereotypes because there's an element of truth to them. Sometimes more than what we want them to be. So the question is, how are we going to be different than that stereotype? Can we be different than that stereotype? Well, if you already are different than that stereotype, awesome, way to go. Um, Keep it up, keep up the good job of planning ahead from preparing. For those of us who struggle with it and who 
don't always do as well as they'd like to um, in planning for rehearsals especially. Um, here's some tips and some tricks that I've learned along the way. The first one is write out an overarching idea for when you're going to work on pieces. So the way I look at that is, and I, I call it the big picture focus, right? So if you've already got things scheduled out, that's that's kind of your big picture, right? So you know when Easter is. It's April 12th, by the way. Um, and so you know what your choir is going to sing or what your bell choir is going to do for that Sunday. So that's one part that you can slot in and say, okay, what is, what is my group doing for this Sunday or this event? And then you piece that all together. From there, then, in that overarching idea, that overarching form, then you either get all the music out or have your music librarian, if you're blessed with one of those, get out the music so that you have an individual copy for you to look at and start preparing now. Yes, I know it's almost January and you're starting to think ahead toward April. Well, I've already started thinking ahead toward May, but the whole thing is the more time you can spend in planning and preparing ahead, the better prepared your groups are going to be. And I'll explain as we go along with these different tips. So that's the first one, is, is coming up with that overarching plan uh, or schedule, if you want to call it that. Okay, so now, as you're doing this, study the score. Look at the music. Figure out where those trouble spots are. If you notice that it's um, a, a rhythm that's going to give your choir trouble, um, if it's a different technique for your handbell choir that's just going to be a difficult thing, isolate it, identify it, because then that's going to help with the next coming up step. But in doing that, as you're looking over the score, as you're um, you know, how are you going to teach your choir um, the diction, the vowels, all of those things? you might come along and see that, well, there just might be some overlapping issues that come across in different pieces. Whether that's, uh, like I did with my handbell choir this past fall, uh, my focus was on a dotted quarter to an eighth note rhythm. Trying to be as accurate in playing that together. And that's hard to do. I mean, Honestly, it's it's hard enough just to ring quarter notes together uh, sometimes with handbell choirs. But to do something like that, a dotted quarter note to eighth note rhythm can be pretty tricky. So I had pieces intentionally chosen that really focused in on that rhythm. More on that in a little bit. Um, and so those are the things that you can do because then you point back to hey, remember when we did this? Remember when this came up? Oh, did you remember from this piece, this was the word that we had the struggle with? This is what I want you to do. So you can come back to it again and again. Okay, so come up with your big plan. Study your score. Find those overlapping things in each piece. Different things that you can really pull out. And then write out your actual rehearsal plan. I got lazy for a long time, um, especially when I had a smaller choir. 
and I never knew how many singers I was going to have on a Wednesday night, I got lazy. And I didn't really plan. And I just said, you know what? We're just going to make it happen. Make it be what it's going to be. And I know now, looking back, that I could have done a whole lot better with that group. I really could have because I didn't spend the time intentionally planning and preparing. Now, I have a larger group that usually I'm between 25 to 35 on a Wednesday. Um, so I know, I know I'm going to have a, a pretty solid mass to start with. So I write everything out. And for me, and I, I've shared this before, but I create a PowerPoint for, uh, because I have actual big TV screens in my room, um, I create a PowerPoint for each rehearsal. So that way, those in my choir know, and I do it for my bell choir as well, that they know what's coming up so they can have their music prepared. So as they come in, that's the first slide is, here's what we're going over tonight. So they can get their music ready. They have an idea. They're prepared. And what that does is that says to them, hey, this guy values my time. And that's important when you're working with a volunteer group. Because they could volunteer their time to be anywhere else than where they are. But because they love singing, but not just because they love singing, because they love what you're doing or approve of what you're doing or are invested in what you're doing. Because there are people who love singing that may not always approve of what you're doing and agree with you and may not show up. So showing that you've got that prepared and put together for them goes a long way. So once you write out that actual rehearsal plan, you've got all of those different things. Okay, as you've looked at your score, if there's a different rhythm that you're wanting to work on, there's your warm-up. If you've got a vowel that you know in this one piece is going to be hard for your choir to do, do some warm-ups with that. Spend a little bit of time on that. That way... Now you've got a plan and an idea. If you know that this middle section of a piece, of, uh, whether you're bell choir or choir or whatever is doing it, if you know the middle part is going to be the hardest thing, then don't start at the beginning. Start in the middle. That way you can really focus in and start there and attack that. Or um, for bell choirs, look at the page turns. Start there. Figure out how are you going to get that page turned and still ring and follow your music. Those things go a long, long way in helping you be prepared, which then leads to, hopefully, your excellence in what you're doing. Because when a group is prepared, and when a group has those pieces in place, and a director is prepared to lead that group, good things can happen. But the last tip that I've picked up, and this has been trial and error and experience again and again and again, uh, and, and it it's happened to me again recently, be willing to adjust. Be flexible. Sometimes you have to take that written plan, crumple it up, and throw it in the trash because that plan may not go as well as you think. So like I said, for my handbell choir this past fall, um, my focus was on uh, dotted quarter to eighth rhythms. And 
I had intentionally chosen pieces for three to five octaves because I had gotten enough commitment to have three octaves of ringers. And then things changed. I ended up having nine ringers, which wasn't quite enough to ring three full octaves. So I said, I have to adjust. And so I chose music that was two to three octaves because that way, if people were missing, it was a little bit more flexible. Had I stuck to my plan of we are going to ring three octaves and this is it, it would not have gone well. Um, it would not have set my group up for success. Now we still worked on the dotted quarter to eighth rhythms and I feel like they've made strides, which is fantastic. But overall, the music that I chose, I had to adjust on the fly. Which then leads me to what I was going to share with you about easy choir music. I had to adjust my plan for Christmas Eve the week before. Now you might say, well, gee, that's really bad planning, Craig. Yes. <laughs> well, sort of. So in my church, what we do is on the third Sunday of December, we have a, uh, a choir cantata. And that's kind of the big thrust. And so the, everything gets focused on that. On top of that, um, we had one of my tenors pass away. Um, and that was uh, in a previous podcast. Um, and so I had looked and, and had planned on uh, doing a, a great arrangement by Hope Publishing, uh, Jack Schrader of uh, Welcome to Our World by Chris Rice. Great piece. Um, just a, a, I love the text. Um, it's a, a contemporary-ish setting, um, probably about 20, 25 years old. But um, the music is great. Um, and the arrangement of it, really nice. Great SATV arrangement. And then I had this realization. I was going to be really short on singers. And then I had a few more drop out and a few more drop out. And then it was mid-afternoon on Wednesday and I realized counting, 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 counting. I might have 20 if everybody shows up. That's really going to be kind of hard to do an SATB piece and do it well. Let me go to Easy Choir Music and I purchased and used uh, Way in a Manger, Go to Sleep. What a great piece. It's a two-part piece. And so it was super easy because uh, there was, it's a, a really nice little um, introduction and go to sleep, go to sleep. It's really, really beautiful. And then it uses the uh, one melody of Away in a Manger for verse one, it uses the other melody Away in a manger for verse two, a little interlude part, which is basically kind of Mary's lullaby to Jesus, which was really well done. And then the third verse then takes both melodies and puts them together. Really beautiful, really fantastic. And um, one rehearsal on Wednesday, uh, going through it, then um, Christmas Eve uh, before we sang it. And that's it. I mean, we didn't spend a whole lot of time with it. I would have liked to have spent more time with it, but it really went well. 
It was very easy to sing, obviously, because the melody um, was known with a little alteration. I'll warn you on that, um, which <laughs> that was kind of fun. Um, but the thing with that is being flexible means that you have to go with the flow and make changes. I had lots of positive feedback on that piece, that it was beautiful, which of course it was, and Away in a Manger is, is a beautiful melody, a beautiful tune, and it was a great arrangement of it. The best part is, I didn't have to worry about, oh my gosh, I have to wait for this piece to come in from being ordered. The PDF was emailed directly to me, I went and printed it, and we were ready to go on Wednesday. So. I really encourage you, go to easychoirmusic.com and look around. Um, check out my reviews on the website. I've got a bunch that I've done every Saturday. Um, that timeline will probably get moved around just a little bit in the new year. I'll get to more of that later. Um, but go check it out. There are some great resources. Again, you don't have to wait for shipping. It's all right there. So if you have that on Wednesday or whatever day you rehearse, I need a piece. It's there. All right, so we're going to talk about now broadening out, longer term planning. This one's hard um, because for many of us, we're not always thinking in the bigger picture. Um, we kind of tend to focus in, at least for me, I, I'm this way, so I'm going to speak for myself. I tend to focus on the here and now or the what's coming up right so right now my focus is January through May um, I'm not really thinking much farther past that because well there's enough music that I have to put together and practice and lead between that time period that's enough to focus on so the first thing and I've done this in different churches I've done this in, in different ministry areas the first thing is you set goals. Now in setting these goals, this can't just be you, right? This isn't your, your wish list or checklist of what you want to do. That's part of it. But the first place you have to start is starting in prayer. Asking God to give you his vision, giving you his direction and his guidance and leadership. And then... The next step is seeking input from others, whether that's people who are involved already in your music ministry, whether that's people on staff at your church, whether that's you know, members of the church and general in the congregation. Getting input and ideas from others helps because there's ownership. There's a buy-in from that. From there, then you ask that question, what do you see? Where do you see God leading that music ministry for the next three to five or even up to 10 years? What does that look like? And you come up with that, and again, with, with help from others and with prayer, you, you say, okay, what is this picture going to look like? And you envision what that end goal is. Where is it going to be? So then it's, how do you get there? And so then you figure out those steps. So, you know, for example, if it's, um, I want to get more people involved in 
in my adult choir. A noble and wonderful idea. If you've got, let's say, 15 regularly participating, I, I could see a goal saying in three years, um, I want to have 20 or more. <laughs> let's go with I like to do the or more um, just because that gives God an opportunity to work. Okay, so you you want to add five more singers in three years. Okay, I, I think that's, that's uh, again, it's it's with the goals, it's got to be something that's measurable um, and achievable. Okay, so how do you get there? How do you get more people involved? Well, there's a few different steps. I mean, you can obviously have them be more visible in church. If they aren't currently, um, you could encourage them to invite friends that they know. You could be active in the community, reaching out so that maybe somebody who sings and is looking for an opportunity to sing in a group um, has that opportunity. Um, there's lots of different ways to do that. It's, it's how best that fits in your context. Um, and with the gifts and abilities that you have. Maybe it's starting a new group. Um, I had that actually in two congregations where when I started, um, actually I, was, I went from um, director of music, youth, and family ministries in a church um, where actually they had a handbell choir um, and had somebody who was directing that who wasn't me. Um, and the church that I went to to serve as minister of music um, wanted to start a handbell choir. And they had uh, donations to purchase brand new bells, brand new tables, pads, everything. Here it is. Have at it. I said, okay. Um, I've played handbells. I've seen handbells directed. Um, I'll figure out the directing part of it. And it was a lot of trial and error on my part. But one of the things that, as as I did that, um, it gave me an opportunity to really figure out how best to encourage people to be involved. And we started with three octaves of bells. So, uh, obviously, I needed people to ring those three octaves. And I got those people and worked with them. And as, as I learned how to direct handbells specifically, um, I was able to really build up some skills and build up a toolbox. Well, after that position was cut, then uh, I was uh, helping out at the church that my wife was a youth minister at. And it just so happened that there was a desire and a need for wanting to start another handball group. Well, the um, retired pastor's wife realized, hey, in our church that we served at in Michigan, which is basically now dying, there were handbells. I wonder if they're still there and if they would sell them to us. So sure enough, bought used handbells and they were a great, great resource. But in that case, I ended up, because it was a larger church, I ended up starting two groups, which was kind of crazy, but fun. And again, built off of that experience that I had. So from that, if you're, if you're starting something new, whether that's for kids, whether that's for adults, whatever the case is, that's almost a separate goal in and of itself. 
because then you have to figure out what are you doing? How do you get there? What is that going to look like? What resources do you need? So on and so forth, right? So if you're starting a handbell choir, <laughs> obviously you need handbells if you don't have them. But then you're also needing tables, you're needing pads, you're needing mallets, you're needing all of these different things, gloves, books, music, right? Because music is kind of important. So but all of those things have to be figured out in that whole process. Or maybe it's adding to your handbell choir, right? Maybe you have three actives and there's, there's some people who are interested. Well, your choices are you can start another group or you could purchase more bells um, and, and go that direction. And so maybe that's one of the other steps is getting more resources. Maybe it's, you know, you've got a really growing children's music ministry and you'd really love to add some ORF instruments. Now, they're fantastic, but they cost a lot of money. So maybe it's how do you figure out how that comes along? Okay. All of these different things. So you can, can work on these goals. You can work on these ideas put them all together and again with help from others and maybe it's asking somebody else to, to write it down if you have a hard time putting it all into words but then you share it with others okay so you've got this plan you put it together and you share it with others because that way the more you talk about it the more you share about it the more you're going to have buy-in the more you're going to have ownership Right? Because you've included people in that conversation. So you've incorporated some of their thoughts, their ideas, their feedback. So they feel like they've got an ownership stake in it. And they do have an ownership stake in it. But more than that, because it can also build some excitement for it. Right? That here's the vision. Here's the goal. This is really exciting. This is really neat. Let's go. Let's start working on it. Let's focus on it. But even in talking about it and sharing about it, that might give people that push or that encouragement to get involved. Or maybe it's to say, you know, I'm not a musician, but I'd love to see this. Here's however much money for this project that you're wanting to do or whatever it is. Or maybe they say, you know, I know this group or this person or this thing. And you get connected that way. Or the most important thing, as I said, like when you're starting this whole idea of goal setting, you start with prayer. And so one of the things as you share this is you encourage people to pray about it and pray for it and pray for God to bless it and guide it and lead it and direct it. Because it's not about numbers. It really isn't. I mean, sure, a, a 60 voice choir sounds a whole lot better than a 10 voice choir. I get it. But what we are called to do as musicians in the church is we are called to use our gifts and encourage others to use their gifts and help them use their gifts to glorify and praise God. So if you have a 60 voice choir, if you have a 100 voice choir, fantastic. If you have a 10 voice choir, it's okay. It is wonderful. You take those 10 voices and you use them the best that you can to praise God with them. And yes, you, the hope is that you would try to 
grow and, and get more people involved. But in some cases, that may not happen. And it's okay. But I think having this plan, having a goal, having some kind of an idea and a direction really helps to give you that momentum and give you that energy. Um, because like I said, a lot of times for us as leaders, as musicians, um, probably because many of us are wearing different hats. Um, I wear about five or six sometimes on a Sunday. Um, but we get so focused in the details and focused in on what needs to get done on a week-to-week, month-to-month, season-to-season basis. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we don't always think on a bigger scale. Going this direction helps us to think about it on a little bigger scale, but it also gives us that opportunity to involve others and encourage others as well. And so that's the challenge for you. If you haven't done this, I would encourage you to really consider doing it. Um, Spend the month of January doing it because we're we're through Christmas. (laughs) We can breathe a little bit before we get to the end of February and Lent starts. But it's an opportunity to really, if nothing else, having an opportunity to visit with other people and get their input on what would they like to see the music ministry in your congregation look like? What would they want to see the music ministry in your congregation doing? So that it's not just coming solely from you. That it's something where this is a partnership. This is a team effort. That we're all working together and we're all going for this goal. Ultimately, yes, the goal is serving and worshiping God. But this other goal of how we get there and how we do that and how we improve. Because no matter what we've got in resources, no matter what we've got in people, we can always improve. We can always grow We can always strive more to give God our best. So that's it with planning. Now I get to share with you a little bit about what I had been been working on for about the past month and a half, two months of planning myself. And I'm excited about a lot of this um, that I'm going to share with you. It's been a lot of work and there's going to be a lot more work that I have to do. But it is, it is something that I'm just so excited about and, and I've been wanting to do for a while. So the first thing is um, that starting January 1st um, in the Church Music Makers Facebook group, um, I'm doing a 31-day music minimalism challenge. Ooh, sounds scary, right? It's not. The whole idea, and since we're kicking off a new year, Um, the thing is, we have lots of stuff, right? Whether it's music, whether it's stuff in our houses, whatever the case may be. And a lot of times we end up not knowing fully what we have or not being able to care for what we have because we have so much. And so that's what this challenge is, is that every day, You go through and you figure out, according to the number on the calendar, um, how many things you choose to get rid of. Now, where it goes is up to you. 
You could set it aside and say at the end of the month, I'm going to have a garage sale or at the end of the month, I'm going to get rid of it by donating it to Goodwill or wherever, whatever charity you want to donate it to. Or maybe it's at the end of the month, I'm going to have my friends come over and take what they want or intentionally give it away to different people. Whatever you choose to do with it is great. But here's how it works. And it's really easy. Okay, January 1st, you pick one thing. January 2nd, you pick two things. January 3rd, you pick three things. You see where I'm going, right? So when you get to January 31st, it's 31 things. Now, the first few days are probably going to be pretty easy. And in reality, because I've done this before, when you get to day 31, it's really not that hard because we have so much. Now, you can choose to, um, whether it's going through music, whether it's going through different things. But in the Facebook group, each day I'm going to post, hey, it's day four of January, on January 4th, of course. What are your four things? And you can either you know, take a picture of it or you can give a description, whatever the case is. Um, but it's just an opportunity for us to encourage each other in, in being better stewards and being good stewards of the gifts that God has given us. If you've gone to churchmusicmakers.com in the last couple of days, you've noticed that there's a facelift. Actually, there's been a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that I've been doing with it. Um, without going into all of the gory details, not gory, but um, my attempt at being a uh, website designer, um, is that I've moved, basically, uh, different hosting platforms. Um, and this hosting platform gives me more opportunities to give you more resources, um, to be able to sell things directly from my website, so on and so forth. Woohoo, good stuff. Um, so I'd love to have your feedback on what, what you think about it. It's like I said, I'm an amateur uh, website designer, so you know, whatever helps to make it more user-friendly. Um, if there's different things you'd like to see, let me know. I'll give you my email here at the end of the podcast. Um, but just let me know what your thoughts are. Um, but then also, um, I'm going to be working on some new resources, um, some new freebies. Um, hopefully within the next week or so, um, I will have, um, I've got the uh, worship planning resource done uh, through end of January, so moving into February and even into March. Along with that, I'm working on a devotion book, um, as I've done uh, with uh, Words of Worship, um, which was uh, 25 songs and hymns that I wrote devotions on, uh, Songs for the Seasons, um, which I recently updated in November. Um, that's 25 uh, devotions on Advent and Christmas carols, um, Psalms of Worship, which is based on Psalms, devotions based on Psalms. And so uh, this one is going to be on 25 Lenten hymns. Um, so um, that should be done and ready to go sometime in February. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, so lots of, th lots of things I'm working on, lots of things to keep me busy, um, which is great. Because then I can uh, not be bored. <laughs> not that I ever am. Um, because I'm a husband and a father and a full-time church musician. So 
There's plenty of balls to be juggling and hats to be wearing, but that's okay. So, as I said, if you've got any suggestions, if you've got any feedback, um, I would love to hear it. Because one of the challenges in writing blog posts or even doing this, I'm sitting in my kitchen talking to my computer, um, is I, I, I know that people are reading it, I know people are hearing it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, so if you, if you have thoughts, if you've got ideas for um, different things you'd like to hear about, um, I did do a survey thing um, and got some feedback on that. Um, one of the things that was, was brought up was uh, about uh, more for instruments. So that's one of the things um, I'll also be uh, writing a little bit about on the blog and maybe even doing a podcast episode on that as well. Um, but any of that, if you and if you would like to write a guest post, that would be awesome too. Um, I'd love to have other voices um, sharing their thoughts and ideas too. And even if you want to be on the podcast, if you got an idea for that, um, we can figure that out and make that work too. Anyway, all of this, email me. My email is harmonymusic, H-A-R-M-A-N-N-Y music at yahoo.com. I thank you so much for your support, for your listening, for your reading. It's been amazing um, since August, really since August, to uh, just see a tremendous increase in um, page views and just general views on, on my blog and even... Um, you know, putting the podcast out there and actually seeing that people are actually downloading it and listening to it. It means a lot to me. <laughs> it means a whole lot more than what I can ever say. Um, and, and saying thank you doesn't even come close to, to really genuinely telling you how I feel. I, I'm humbled. I'm honored. I'm blessed. And uh, it encourages me to uh, continue to come up with ideas not only for the podcast, but for the blog. And as we go into a new year, um, I'm excited. I am really excited for what is to come. Uh, and like I said, with planning, as I've been planning and as I've been um, spending time in, in all of this with just brainstorming ideas, um, working on website things, whatnot, the biggest thing that I've been doing is I've been praying. I've been praying for God to use me. I've been praying for God to use you. I've been praying for God to work through the words that I write, whether that's in um, books, whether that's in blogs, whether that's whatever I'm saying, that it gives you encouragement, that it gives you tools and resources that you need to be the best church musician you can be that you can have balance in the busy times so that you're not as stressed, that you can have opportunity to plan and prepare fully and effectively, as we've talked about today, that you can lead your groups to being and doing the best that they can, not only to sound good, because that's our goal, right? We want music to sound good and musical. 
but most importantly, to give God worship and praise. Because that's what he's called us to do. And I tell you what, there is, there is so much joy that comes out of musicians that focus on that. that when they're focused on giving God their best and giving him glory, it is an amazing sound. So, let's close in prayer. That's what we do at the end of every episode, so let's do it now. God, I thank you so much um, for the blessing of another year. And as we draw close to 2019, we know that every year prior, every year after, and even the year we're going into, 2020, is in your hand. You've already got it planned out. We can make our plans, we can make our expectations, and we can make our goals and our resolutions and everything else, but you've got it already figured out. You've already got it planned. So I pray that you would help us to see your plan, that you would give us your vision and your wisdom and your insight, and give us hearts that are willing to serve you, to praise your name, to glorify you, and encourage others to do the same. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.